This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Rob Marshall and we talked about everything under the sun. There was honestly so much. There was issues in Game Week 258. There was El Grand Derby, the documentary that came out, their marketing push, signups, loaning. Is it correct? Is it wrong? Is it ethically okay on SoRare? Um, talked about SoRare trips, XP. Should you be buying older cards or, or waiting for newer cards? Um, there was a bit of drama on YouTube with a membership that came out um, and lots that we spoke about. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. There's a few really interesting things personally from your so rare journey to talk about. There's a lot that's happened this week. Um, there's some cash grab and bastard on YouTube as well we need to speak about um, and lots of great questions. So first off, you joined, I'm going to call you a boomer. Well, hey, we should get a boom noise, Emily, by the way. We should make like a boomer noise. Let's sort that out. Lots of people are. You joined on the 26th of March and you are the manager of Rob Marshall 19 hashtag UTL's gallery. It looks like you're a loyal. We've had a few of your type on before. <laughs> How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, no, it'd be good fun. Yeah, no, I uh, joined. I am a boomer, but I, I'm a, a very unique boomer as I have I had no idea who Gary V was. Um, that didn't really get me in, into it. Um, joined, had a look, didn't understand crypto, left it alone, um, and then came back. Uh, came back um, after FI went down. Um, just kind of looking for something to kind of that I could make money off my own. My own football knowledge and mm. kind of uh, have a look for somewhere that other people aren't um, aren't looking into in, in terms of so rare. Um, so for me, that was kind of naturally Asia. It was just kind of starting at that time in February, March sort of time. Um, so I'd uh, recently come back from um, Japan. I was there in 2019. Absolutely loved it. Uh, got myself a couple of jerseys and thought. Asia is probably the place for me to get into. Mm. Yeah, um, no, I think I think Asia is a great one, and it's like a lot of people I see. What I love about it is like you hoodwink, and there's a lot of other people I see who are like they're from nowhere near Asia. They don't speak any Asian languages. I, I'm assuming you don't. Maybe you do, no. but they're like diehard Asian football fans, and it's amazing. And that is just the beauty of so rare, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I have, I have my teams. I've got like I think I have four or five jerseys now from different teams. Um, and some more expensive than others to get here. Some you can get on classic <laughs> football shirts. Some, uh, like this one that I'm wearing, is the Gamble one from last season. Absolutely loved it. Um, and you have to pay import tax and all that sort of stuff. So oh, man. The cost gets so rare Japan to sort out. Yeah. yeah. He should. I think he he was sending them out to people before. He I, I did something with him, a video, and like you want to see his like room. It's insane. The yeah, I saw it, yeah. he has. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a, there's there's a lad on Twitter who sells them. Uh, he's absolutely sound. If, if anyone wants one, yeah, he he can source them for you. He sends them all over the world. Um, but yeah, I got I got this uh, off eBay, and it was uh, a one-off purchase. Let's say a one-off. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a luxurious purchase. Yeah. Well, look, there's there's loads to talk about this week, as I've already said a couple of times. Um, but first, we we'll talk a bit about you. So, the most like. 
normally people come on and people it's a standard thing but something that very interesting about you and i think it's a great conversation topic and you obviously feel passionately about it because you do it um you don't have any under 23s you operate mainly in 24 to 30 year olds and obviously you love asian football so you have a lot of asians um someone put a funny question in about that oh, i wish i had their name here um, they said, how, how, tell us about uh, focusing on Asian footballers between 24 and 30 whenever everyone's over 30. Who was yeah. that? That was quite funny. Uh, um, that was one of the lads from the Loyals, yeah. Talk, talk to me about that. I'll find their name while you're talking. Um, so I do oh, actually it was It was Nick Taylor to put in. Yeah. It was Nick Taylor. Yeah. Mr. K League. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I do have some under-23s, but I don't play under-23s. Um, I thought about getting into it when the limiteds came around and building an Asian under 23s. Um, but I think the thing with under 23s is there's such a huge premium on the players. Um, and the players that I have that are under 23 are kind of, I feel like I've scouted them myself and they're not kind of high performing players so far. Um, so you're not paying that premium. But mm. My entire aim with them is to, when they do score a couple of goals, the under 23 prices go up faster than any any, any other prices, yeah. um, and then to flip them. So uh, one of the ones that I hold is uh, Fuchi Honda, who's based for Sagan Tosu. Mm. Yeah. And he was injured a lot of last season. Um, but before that, he was kind of starting most of the games. He's 20, and he, he, he played today and scored uh, a nice header and his price probably probably doubled um and he's one that kind of i'm hoping that he, he kind of now that he's back in the team a lot mm. of uh, a lot of people will be looking for under 23s over the summer and that's that's kind of my attitude to that and the reason i kind of play 24 to 30 year olds mainly is a lot of them aren't going to get poached by a bigger team a lot of them are kind of they have their level. They might be good at their level. Mm. Um, like you don't hear of many 25, 26 year olds coming out of Japan. If they haven't made it by then, it's kind of, that's their level. So there's a bit of security. I do play Sora pretty scared all the time of players getting moves and players getting injuries. And I try and cover myself that if someone does get an ACL, they're not going to retire the, the year after. Mm. So the, the, the players who I have in my gallery who are kind of over 30 are players who have a contract for next season or if they don't have a contract for next season they would get picked up by another team or if they got relegated they're good enough to stay in that league um and the likelihood is that they're going to play for the same team next season and keep scoring the same scores next season i have a lot of mid team like um, a lot of mid-table teams uh like cerezo osaka and uh, fc20 i do play europe mm. um oh. and they're pretty kind of middle of the middle of the table teams and i think 20 are actually doing uh, a bit better than mid table now but i i do play so they're quite scared um mm. i think it's probably a good way to play if you're not into like taking massive risks well it's definitely like i mean it's a sensible way to play i suppose i mean a lot of us play kind of balls the wall and i mean then a florian verts happens and his price drops yeah. by 60 percent or something crazy i mean there but i suppose with that with that risk comes a lot of upside as well. And maybe a 26 year old Asian midfielder who goes on a nice run and has a, a last five of 65 won't spike as much as an under 23 will. Yeah. Um, and maybe, as you say, they've found the level. So there isn't that upside in terms of where they could possibly be or what they could be in the future. So, I mean, 
it is a I think it is a team way to play, but it's a sensible way to play. And I think quite often, I mean, I am a bit of an under twenty three whore just because I love the thrill of the chase of the big boys. Um, when I say the big boys, I mean the high valued cards, the Mbappes, the Hallands, the Pedries, the whoever else is. But like the value you'll get in a in terms of scores in other players is insane. The issue then is they're not eligible for under 23. But what I kind of like about going, and it's different and it is budgets and it is different things. I go really under 23 heavy. And what it kind of means is that whenever I play my under 23s that are left over elsewhere, they're a differential in terms of that division. Sure, yeah. Do you know, which is another nice thing. Um, but yeah, horses for courses. I just like it uh, because there is a bit of a thing about under 23s and there is obviously the the imminent downside once they they expire a lot of them will do this year particularly goalkeepers and like yeah no i, I rate the strategy like i just it's not i it's not where I, think, I am but i think i think unless I, I think personally unless you're scouting 17 18 year olds and buying them cheap i can't afford to play on the 23s and compete yeah. in the same way that i can compete in asia unless you have a koku and a trend and those sorts of players, and you're willing to pay that because if you pay, if you have those players, you're going to do well in in under twenty three at some point. Mm. Um, and kind of my attitude is quite similar with differentials. Like I don't have any Kawasaki players. I have hardly anyone from the top three or who I think would be the top three. Um, and last week when those teams lost, my team did well, and mm. you do considerably better because you're not having to worry about the Kawasaki stacks. And the uh, the Yokohama F Marina stacks because they lost, and that's a massive boost for the mid table team that kept a clean sheet in a nil nil. So yeah, and and then kind of like planning ahead and just making sure that the fixtures line up in in ways that you want. Like I have a I have a little Excel spreadsheet with all the fixtures on that I manually enter. I'm sure there's a better way of doing it, but and it kind of keeps you ahead and you can plan your your game weeks really far mm. ahead and like oh and obviously so red data you can do that on as well but i'm mm. I, i'm planning my lineups for like november december sort of time so well that's a that's amazing like you know i'm i am notoriously like i never proclaim to be an expert i'm an absolute chancer who just fucking bluffs it and has a bit of fun i have i have the luxury of being in early so i can do that do you know what yeah. i mean it's a pure luxury a luxury of luck and I'm just here bluffing it and, and having fun. But like the thing that that resonated with me that you said there was about kind of buying those guys when they're 17, 18, they're out of the team. I do do that. And I have done that with under That's, 23s. Yeah. And if you have tips um, or if you see, or, or, or if you see players, that is where you're going to make the big profits. Yeah. And I mean, some of them come off, some of them don't, but then like the Fabian de Kaiser for me paid Huge. off. Um, and I have a couple of other guys like that. There's one who's actually been disappointing. This is a complete tangent. You know who's really disappointed me? He was one of my first ever super rares. He was like my third super rare. Anwar El Hajj. Remember he was, was he like a Golden Boy nominee or something crazy? Like, Yeah, but he was like, you're talking three years ago or something. He was like really, really, really highly rated. And he's just, seemed like a muzu there. There's like Anderlecht are a weird one. They're just like, no one seems to be doing amazing. It's a, it's, it's a strange team this season and like that's such one of the teams that I saw when I was in Belgium like yeah um, we they are a good team they kind of want to dominate the possession but like they're playing 4-4-2 and it's like not normally what you see from a possession mm. dominant team 
and they've got like for Sharon on the wing who's not really a winger I don't think and he's injured is he back this week I need I to find that out I need to find that out anyway I interrupted you no I'm just saying like I'd like to a strange team and they're kind of the a team that everyone knows and you think they should be better than they are but like they haven't really been competing in the last like last last few years mm. um but I think they're a bit of a project team and yeah yeah. They're gonna they're gonna flip they're they're flipping their players like you know none of those <laughs> yeah. kids are gonna go elsewhere but um yeah it's a weird one company loves to rotate a lot of them and there's so much talent there but um yeah. I mean some of them are playing okay like Xerxes getting a few goals and for Sharon Hall does do well when he plays and Josh Xerxes whatever a good else yeah like yeah, I, I, I like him really apparently there's a lot of attitude issues there but I mean if you I can, can get sorted can, out you can kind of tell that with the way that he plays you see mm-hmm. him like off the ball like he works hard but he's very like. He kind of gets a bit, a bit, a bit frustrated sometimes, and I think there's, there's, there's rumours that that's why, that's why Bayern don't rate him, and that's why they don't want him. And I don't think his level is that, that level. I don't mm. think he's that kind of top end talent. But I think a mid table prem team or a lower league one, prem team. One that fries my bap is so for everyone watching, I had a big sweat this week in under twenty threes. Actually, under twenty three pro, I had three hundred and seventy points going into the Monday night where AC Milan were playing and I had Rafael Leao Superera in my lineup. So I was chasing down a podium. Um, now, things didn't go my way. Porto, the kids went mad. Diogo Costa kept a clean sheet. Mbappe shot 100. There was a few things that happened that night that didn't go my way. But um, Rafael Leao, just speaking of attitudes, like all the talent in the world, immense dribbler of the ball. But by God, is he hard to watch. Like, I mean, I have a super rare. I want to watch him. I want to support the kid. But Jesus wept. The throwing the arms up and the moping around the top of the pitch. And you know when you're looking, like, I was looking and I... Like, this is one of those. It's the whole spectator thing where you feel you know better than the professional footballer who's getting paid millions. But, like, I was watching and I was like, all right, you met the shot, whatever was saved, it went out. And you, you could see the ball was going to come back. And you're just like, move, get into the box, get in the box. And he's just standing there throwing the hands in the air. Then the ball comes straight across three yards from him and he doesn't get them. It's like, if you had to just like not thrown the head up and had a better mentality, that's a goal. And like the amount of times where it's like, he just gives up or I don't know, he does my tits in to watch him. It reminds me of Martial back in the day where he would just like that big mopey head on him. Yeah. And that's the sort of strikers that I cannot stand. Like, I really try and make sure that the strikers that I buy are like, because I was a striker when I was younger and I was the walking around and just not really pressing. Well, to felt like pressing wasn't big in like 2005. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 442, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a big man up front. Yeah. Um, the square kid, get it in there. <laughs> but like, there's a lad who plays for Fainal called Brian Linson. Never plays more than 60 minutes, but he would always start and everyone's crying out. There's a there's a lad called Dessers who they have on like a loan to buy option. He's definitely the better striker, but Brian Linson just runs for 90 minutes. He presses and you're like, that is what I want you to do when I'm watching you. Mm. And when you watch a striker and he's just stood on the last man, not making a run, he might get a header in the box or something like that, but like you really want a player to like just be enjoyable to watch if you're just watching their mm. game for them. Yeah. And like, I like I I watched a lot of Feyenoord games and don't play under, under twenty three. So like, all their best players were under twenty threes. But like Brian Linton up front was the reason I was watching, and he was like a joy to watch as as a, a forward. Yeah, no, it's um, 
It does. It makes it makes watching someone ten because like, I mean, whenever I'm watching players now or teams was so rare. It's it's horrible. Like it's not horrible. It's just the way the game is, and it's the way I enjoy the game. I watch players. I don't necessarily watch teams. Like I did a video with Quinny the other day, and he was on to me. We're like, you've obviously watched a good bit of Milan this year with um Leao, and Quinny's big into his analysis of games, and he's way more in like intelligent. He's way a way higher football IQ than me in terms of he's done coaching before, and he watches like formations and pressings and this is yeah. and tactics and shit like a lot of people do but for me i'm like Quinny, i've watched a lot of ac milan but really i've watched a lot of liai like my eyes are glued to him i want to see everything he does um watch a bit of kalulu who looks like a ball or two but um it's like whenever you're watching a game with a so rare head on i know a lot of people love the whole data and love everything get into it and watch everything and love it but for me i'm like i am glued on one guy and i care every time the ball comes to that guy and like i just it's like laser focus. So whenever they're letting you down or their body language is off, everyone else is watching that game and Leo throwing their hands up. They're not even looking at him. They're looking at the ball. Whereas I'm looking at him and I'm yeah. getting pissed off at him. <laughs> you know? But, um, I, did, I actually did a lot of that as a kid. Like I'd watch, I like, I watched Gareth Bale at Southampton. Uh, he came, I spoke Sheffield Wednesday and he came to Hillsborough and he was like 17 or 16. And everyone's like, he's the next big thing. And I just watched him for that, like the entire game. Mm. And then he bangs this like unbelievable free kick. You're like, yeah, he's, like, he's actually quite good. And then I watched like Oxlade Chamberlain as well when he was at Southampton, watched um, uh, Out Wednesday away, and I watched Oxlade Chamberlain. And I was like, he's nothing special. And he's kind of not really been that Anything much of a special. talent. Like mm. when he was at Arsenal, like he's all right. And he's at Liverpool, he's, he's all right. Like he's not. Remember like, Alex Ellsby? Yeah, he's Everton, isn't he? Remember Ross Barkley? Barkley was at Wednesday you. on loan. Barkley was at Wednesday on loan, and he was unbelievable for us. And then for like any Prem team, he's always okay. There's so many of these kids who like, like that's that's the other thing. Back to under twenty threes, the percentage of those under twenty threes that are actually going to make it. I think it's different if you're talking about like a Verts or a Pedri or who, like maybe okay Verts, whatever he's injured, so, but like you know what I mean. There's guys who like. Are clearly doing it already. You know they've shown that's that they... exactly my thing. I do, if you're not doing it at 18, I don't think you're going to become unbelievable at 20 at 23. Like when Neymar was 18, when Cristiano Ronaldo was 18, when Pedri's 18, worse 18. Like these are players that are good at 18, and they're going to keep being good at least. If and they might get like a bit yeah. better tactical understanding or something like that, but like their attitude's going to be the same. Like Jude Bellingham's attitude is fantastic. He's what at 18. Mm. So I, I don't necessarily believe in the potential like most FIFA players yeah. have passed word that they're going to exponentially get better until they're 27 and then they'll start to decline because everyone knows that over 30, you can't move. Well, people think that like, I think it's just this this error in people's logic around football in that they, they think of footballers at 17, 18, 16, whatever. And they're like, well, he's this good now. And they view that almost hockey stick growth that like so rare yeah. have. And they view that graph in their head. They're like, well, if he's this good now, he's going to be yeah. amazing by the time he's 27. I think when for really, defenders it works. Because just the experience and the position. how many 18-year-old wonder kids are defenders? Yeah. They do kind of grow into a role, don't they? Yeah. But particularly further up the pitch then, it's almost like there's nothing wrong with reaching your potential at 18, 19 and being an incredible player, but it doesn't mean yeah. that you need to keep getting better year on year on year till you're 25 and then you're the best in the world. It, it doesn't work like that. Like to be one of the best, it's just about having a consistent career, getting lucky with injuries and just consistently putting in top performances for a top club for 10, 15 years. The it doesn't mean it's the consistency. Me. If Pedri does what he did 
what he has done, and he well, he's had an injury and whatever else. But like, yeah. let's say just picking Pedri out, Bellingham pick out someone. Pedri's probably done more, but if he just does what he does now, he doesn't even need to get better. If he does that for fifteen years and doesn't really miss seasons through injury, that's he will go down player. as one of the greats. Do you know, it's like yeah. Anyway, that that's a different conversation. We have a lot of so rare stuff to talk about today. Um, there's lots actually. So we launch straight in with a nice wee, a nice wee, nice opener. Um, El Gran Derby experience. So rare put out their first content in a long time on their YouTube channel, um, and it was two managers off to Sevilla and Betis the Derby. I thought it was a really nice piece of content. I think like because I make vlogs and stuff, but I never really get to watch them. I know like a couple of guys do them. So rare Messiah, shout out to him. Um, I think MLS card guy went off with him and did one recently. There's some really good things out there, but there isn't a lot. And then so rare put this out, and obviously the production values through the roof. I thought it was a beautiful thing. It was nice. It was a nice length. There was a lot to it. And I just thought, yeah, like so rare should do more of this. I really liked that personally. Um, and it was lovely what they delivered to those guys. It looked like a really nice experience and it looks like they picked the right guys. Do you know? Like I didn't apply when they put out for that because it was like they didn't, you did need to be a fan. And I'm sure a lot of people sort of said, oh yeah, I'm a fan. But like really what they did there, they picked the right people and I thought it was brilliant. Um, did you watch it? And is it your cup of tea? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it yet. I watched the first probably 30 seconds and I remember when they were kind of, asking for people to submit and i was like oh, i'd love to go and see betis that'd be class but then i was like yeah it's not i'd be taking the like the people that they picked obviously were kind of real fans and want to meet the manager and that kind of stuff and it was yeah it, i have I, I haven't watched it all yet but like from the first 30 seconds it's kind of like that kind of quality content that we saw at the announcement um mm. really polished um like and like and professional um, They're showing me up. I thought yeah. I was pushing the boat out in terms of production quality, and then you need to hire that the production team next time. Fuck's sake! <laughs> I was kind of hoping they couldn't do this themselves, and they'd have to hire me someday. Well, that's my job gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you're killing their retention there. They didn't keep you for longer than thirty seconds, but maybe you'll watch it someday. <laughs> well, it's all it's 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 on the watch later, so I'll uh, I'll get to it. But yeah, there's no a lot rush. of sorry content to get through, so. That's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> you could have even more if you sign up to my membership. If I give you 50 quid. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. We'll keep the people waiting. Um, so El Grand Derby, bottom line, I think it was lovely. Um, I thought it was quite heartwarming. I thought it was made brilliantly. And I want to see more of it personally. Um, now, the reason I mention that isn't just for it. It's a wider thing. It's marketing. They seem to have put their foot down a little bit. Nicholas has said a lot recently on that Pompliano or whatever podcast and different things about leaning into marketing. And they've obviously got massive agreements with the clubs and they've got like hundreds of clubs and they have access to their Twitters. They have access to their socials. They have access to their billboards. They have access to all sorts of stuff. La Liga TV. I was sitting down watching Villarreal play last weekend, my beloved Danny Parejo. Um, and Jeremy Pino was playing too, who I have. And I was watching and up pops the like one and a half minute version of that El Grand Derby um, at halftime. And it was this one and a half minute type ad, two minute ad. And at the end it said in like big, bold white letters, become a so rare manager. And I was sitting there in my TV, feet up. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, this is mad. Like, I don't know how many people watch La Liga TV in Ireland and the UK. But like, you (laughs) know, it's still... 
maybe is is La Liga TV where people get their La Liga in Spain? I don't know, but like still, it was really cool to see. Um, I'd say the people who are watching La Liga in Ireland are probably the type of people you want to be targeting to become Surrey managers. Mm. You probably don't want to be advertising to people who just watch Liverpool Man United. That's a fair point. You're hitting the diehards. You're hitting the wee creeps in their bedroom watching Villarreal yeah. play. Exactly, yeah. For, <laughs> uh, for reasons that are non-Surrey related up until that point, which is yeah. a real diehard. Mm. 100%. Uh, but that the reason I gain, I just keep segueing. The segues don't stop. Um, Snigy, S-N-I-E-G. Um, I think he's French. Yeah, that's French. Uh, I've translated it. He put up a couple of screenshots from So Rare Data. And apparently that in the last day, we're recording this on the 6th of April, they have recorded 5,000 new managers. And that's managers with at least one card. Which is quite staggering if you actually look at the chart people you'll have to maybe go on to twitter i've retweeted it um it actually does go like full-blown parabolic like it's obviously hockey sticks up 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 but it literally goes vertical now i don't know if they've pressed the foot on something or if something's happened or if it's yeah. a glitch in so rare data but apparently it's not a glitch he It'd quite literally says that it's not a bug in this tweet he says it's not a so rare data bug <laughs> it'd be interesting to see like if they all use the same referral link or if it's like some, mm. inf- some influencer in France has shared something or someone see what country they're all from, or if it's just kind of that a lot of, it, it, a lot of people have found it at once. It could be like one massive YouTube channel has done something. Yeah. I'll tell you this much in the last, I'm on my like affiliate account now in the last day, my signups haven't spiked. So they're not finding it through me. I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> so someone in France or someone in America or Spain or something has went went ham. I, I don't know. But that's let's it'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming days. By the time people are listening to this podcast, maybe something's come out or something's happened. But maybe it go, goes back to that marketing thing. If you want to segue, it could be 5,000 Mexican fans. It could be 5,000 Mexican fans. Nice one. Or Brazilian fans. Brazilian football's back, isn't it? Yeah, but, that's this week. But your point is um, I definitely had to pick guys for this midweek game week. It has started. Um, but yeah, your segue was better. Welcome Club Nacaxa, I think. They're a Mexican club. They're the fifth Mexican club to join so rare. I had a look. No one's scores stand out to me, to be quite honest. So we're not going to talk about it too long. But maybe they have an absolute diehard following. Yeah, and- 5,000 loyals. 5,000 loyals. Sounds like a, a dream for you guys in your Twitter <laughs> group. Um, but yeah, like the marketing's exciting. It'll be really exciting to see what happens this year. And I could say exciting a million times because as much as I want them to get football right, and I really do, and I think it should be their priority, obviously, the the hint of, not the hint, the, the clarification essentially of two major American sports coming in I mean, that that has to make your balls tingle a bit. The amount of people that's going to bring in. Americans are literally like the guys who collect cards, and, you know. And, and play fantasy. And play fantasy. Like, it is quite literally, like, if you look at the soccer card <clears throat> collecting world, whatever about soccer cards, because they're not, it's not as big in America, but, like, if you look at card collectibles, collecting NFTs Baseball even. Baseball and basketball. America is where it's at, baby. 
if they can leverage deals with huge things over there, I don't know. This, I mean, the amount of people that could sign up now, albeit if they're not buying foot, soccer cards, how much like, do we care? But I mean, I think I see, I, I think so. Where have to have a game mode where they cross, where you play your Steph Curry beside <laughs> your Hans Van Eken. They just have to. There has it'd to be, be a game it'd, mode for that. It'd them. be a good special weekly. Because they will, they will go on the max 100. They'll have to go on the same kind of scoring. Not matrix, obviously things will be different, but the same max 100, 0 to yeah, 100. Yeah, similar, I'd say, yeah. The same structure, maybe less players depending on the sport, maybe different positions, but they have to have special contests. And that'll mean all these mad NBA lovers will be like, I need a Koku. Do you know? I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I just say it. It has to happen. It has to happen. Um, But yeah. We've talked about marketing. Is there anything else on that? Uh, no. Um, it's just good to see uh, new people on the platform. Um, I don't think they've really accelerated yet. I think now that the app has kind of come out in alpha or beta or whatever it is, I think once that's kind of polished is when you really want people to be signing up because a lot of people, when I first joined, the fact that there was an app was weird and I was on a browser mm-hmm. on my phone. I was like, this doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't seem legitimate um but when there's an app and i i'm on the beta of the app and it looks pretty nice um it's not as good as the survey data app at the minute but like for checking scores and lineups looks pretty good i applied for access but didn't get it do i need to go and look somewhere or did they ignore me i got it yesterday i only got it yesterday um i applied the day of the announcement i think others got it like the same day so it might come through to you, it might not. Yeah, I don't know. I've been called a so rare celebrity today, so maybe um, if I don't get it, I mean, why the fuck are peasants like you getting it? But, <laughs> it's better to be wrong. called a celebrity than some of the other things that I saw you being called. <laughs> I've been called worse today. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what was I? I was saying to you there, yeah, just a quick conversation around Champions League football. You know, we're recording this during the Champions League. Um we had a wee sort of off-air chat about it. It was sort of said about how, like, geez, I, we scheduled this in a week or whatever ago, and, like, I didn't even think, oh, shit, the Champions League's on. But I can't stand who got it. And it's a funny one, right? Because whatever about the teams you support, whatever about that, I mean, Champions League is you know, one of the most prestigious competitions, probably, the, well, is yeah. the most prestigious sort of club competition on the planet. And, like, from a so rare perspective, if I'm going to be completely honest... It just means harder matches for my guys. I would rather watch my Koku spank someone 4 0 and get 100. Never mind going into whatever about Koku, but like, I'd rather watch my Danny Parejo up against bloody Kadith or something. Elche, but tonight, or something like that. Elche, but tonight, albeit he's against Bayern, he got an assist and he's on for like an 80, which is great. But like, you know, I'd be looking at that and I'm like, oh, do I really want to watch him get spanked? You know, or even like Sane, who I have, like I don't want to go yeah. and watch Sane like struggle against against the boys in yellow. I don't know, but um, it's just a funny one. Do you follow the Champions League much or care? Yeah, I'd follow it. Like anyone who follows football knows, but knows who's in the Champions yeah. League and who's in the Premier League and that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, I really don't like care who wins. Uh, if <laughs> yeah. it, if I, I used to care if it was an English team or a foreign team, but like. Now I just don't honestly care. Like last year, Chelsea and Man City in the final. I was like, either of those two teams, if they win, that's cool. But like, I have no so rare exposure to it. I don't play champion uh, Europe. Um, I'll watch a game with some friends every now and then, but 
the whole Super League thing, I was already kind of falling out of love with top end football before that. And then like the whole Super mm. League and we're going to break away. And then, I'll, oh, actually, we're not going to break away because we care about you. Um, I was just like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Like I'd much rather watch kind of like a non-league game or like a, any any game that has a solo player in it for me. So the yeah. only time the only time I watched European football was this year. I had um, I built my European team around kind of a common keeper and four players who would have midweek fixtures um, just to hit hit the threshold in the midweek. So. Asking for a 40 or a 50 against a tougher team is usually not too difficult, mm. um, especially when like Feyenoord were in the Conference League. Um, they're a pretty big team in the Conference League, so in the in the group stage especially, and then sell up those players before they hit, hit got into the knockout rounds and they got those tougher fixtures, but they still have a bit of midweek utility pricing about them. Mm. Yeah, Champions League. It's a funny one. Um, there's loads of things here, right? I'm going to move on to one of them. Just I'm looking at my sheet here. Normally, there isn't this much to talk about. I'm going to throw this one at you actually first. Just left field question Vissel Kobe, what's going on? Kikuchi scored zero today. King Kikuchi. I mean, this is one of the best scores in the platform last season, anyway. He scored a zero, he had an error leading to a goal or concede a penalty or some, but negative, decisive. And then like a minus 18 score, lots of jewels lost and possession lost. Aside from Kikuchi or included, what's going on there? Because they, I thought they were going to be like, obviously them and Kawasaki were kind of like the two stacks to beat. Yeah, and, and then like Yokohama as well, F, uh, yeah. the Marinos. Um, no, like Visokova last season had, uh, they obviously had Iniesta and he was the, their midfield was built around him, him in that number 10 role. And they didn't really have the wingers, and they played this kind of four-three-two-one or the, the or the four-one-two-one-two diamonds to kind of accommodate him. It worked really well, and they had I think their best season in kind of J League history. Um, and then obviously with that, they qualified for the ACL, the uh, Asian Champions League. And everyone knows that if you don't have the squad depth, or if you have a thirty-eight-year-old player as your most important player, mm. you're going to have to rotate sometimes, and players are going to be tired. And then coming into this season. Yeah, Kikuchi was injured at the start of it and their midfield was just found out like they they played too narrow and they had a couple of injuries up front like Muto's out for a, for a couple of months and uh, Samper's out and Kikuchi today was like he was on ice skates he just was just embarrassed like there's a oh, if, no. you, if you watch the if you watch the highlights of the of his error lead to goal the ball comes to his feet. All he has to do is clear it, and he like runs over the ball like three times, and then it falls oh. to the defender behind him. And I don't think it's going to be a long-term trend with Kikuchi. I think it might be more of a long-term trend with Kobe. But like, they've got a new manager supposedly coming in. A Spanish manager obviously helps. They've got a big Spanish contingent in their midfield, and with the quality they have, like, they will get relegated. With, because I think they're currently like second bottom or something. I don't think they'll get relegated, but like they're really going to struggle. And they've got ACL coming up now, and mm. I think they'll do quite well. They've got big aspirations as a team. They're owned by like Rakuten or something. Um, yeah, and they've got big aspirations, but like, yeah, they're not a team that I'd really want to get involved with. Um, so rare wise, they've got a, a good couple of young players, um, but it's just hard to get 
there's all there's all there's all the players out of the team um mm. and yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't watch in their games if you want yeah. if, if you're a kikuchi holder for the next few mm. thankfully i didn't go too heavy on them i picked up a few other guys but um and not limited just but like yeah i don't know it's one of those because i again i i kind of bought loaded like japanese players to kind of have a bit of skin in the game but they're yeah. limited and the other side of it is like i give away all my limited rewards to youtube people anyway so like i just wanted to buy really good guys and just stick them out you know the kawasaki frontale stack stick it out you know buy a kikuchi stick them in the the all-star whatever else but like i i have to watch some of these highlights because that sounds hilarious and i love like all oh, nice skits it sounds like bambi you know just like <laughs> that's what it looked like big man kikuchi but um yeah. anyway the staying in asia um Kaylee cards we've got new cards and this this brings up a conversation she's the segues are on point today so Kaylee 2022 has landed uh for the third season on so rare all 12 Kaylee clubs have landed in the market get scouting so loads of new cards here i mean whatever about that as an as a thing to talk about it's not a massive announcement it was all very expected it was all to come whatever else right but where i think an interesting conversation comes off this is in the last maybe like three or four days um i say this all the time but it's true i get like inundated with beginner dms um inundated and i've had more and you kind of pick up on trends of what people are thinking about right but in the last like three days i've had like multiple messages of people asking the same thing and it's around i need to start do you know what i need to do i need to have an faqs uh, in my draft that i can copy and paste to these guys because i sit <laughs> i don't charge for dm help um, so the com- the question is this xp a lot of people are wondering like with all sorts of leagues do i, do I want to buy the cards now or should i wait for because the xp and in my mind right because i'm not a massive limited guy i I think in terms of rares and for like rares and what I've always done is I just buy the oldest version of the card I can because I like that, the collectible kind of aspect because I'm probably going to hold them for quite some time. That's the way I do it. I'm not a big flipper. I don't move guys on. I don't buy them on the regular and flip. So like I'm going to hold you for a while. So I'll buy the oldest version I can at the best price I can with the most XP I can. If there's two in the market, I'll try and get the one better XP, but it's not like a, a big deal breaker for me. And at rare and super rares, that doesn't matter so much. But in limited, it is a big factor, and it is really something that people need to consider. It's that the XP is huge. Um, so it's a hard one because it's like, is it worth people like, let's say last week, or what What league is going to be dropped soon? The MLS? Yeah, probably the MLS cars next. Yeah, I mean, imagine they'll space it out a wee bit from K-League. Maybe it'll be in the next few days, but they probably said when it's going to be, to be honest, have they? I've just missed I the exact seen, date. You probably look how far go the jerry ones they were like last mm. week so maybe in a week maybe time. it's next week or something but anyway yeah. right let's say the mls is gonna be next week do people buy cards now or do they wait what would your take on that be i think with xp it does change between limited and rare and super rare with limited i think if you see a card on the market that's like it would be what a nine and a half percent now it's going mm. to be four and a half percent for an MLS card in a few weeks. I would pay more for that card than a card with like six and a half percent. But then once the new cards come out in limited, if you, the card that you have is two and a half percent, I think the difference in limited is worth uh, paying a little bit more 
not like massively. I'm a big fan of buying just the cheapest on the market because I, again, I hold my cards long term. Mm. Um, in terms of rare, it depends on when you're buying them. Because if you're buying in the off season, the XP doesn't matter. Unless you're buying an old card that already has like three or four percent that you can then build up to six and seven percent. Because a lot mm. of my uh, Asian cards that, that I have now in rare are already on six, seven percent. So mm. I, for this, like for the next two or three weeks, a lot of the cards are on either one and a half percent or five percent, but I'm on seven and a half percent. And obviously, the five percenters will catch up a lot faster, mm. but like I'm not at a disadvantage. Um, but if I was buying cards now, I'd buy new cards or old cards with like in rare with like three and a half, four percent. Um, mm. but I don't really subscribe to the idea of like overpaying for XP because the difference yeah. that it makes is big. But like I'm not I'm not trying to compete for podiums every week. I'm just trying to get in and yeah. about the rewards and get kind of small marginal gains. But if you're like if you're serious about about winning divisions, you need kind of like seven and a half to ten percent rares mm. to really be competing. But even just those smaller wins, like for example, this week I lost out I missed out on a tier two rare in All Star Rare Pro by not point three points. Like that's one percent. That's less yeah. than one percent probably if a big score work that out um but like so my, my take on it is i think it's very much so i had a question about it in terms of european cards and i said if you're going european just buy them because you know there is a bit of a dip at the minute you've all somewhere to train them you have a few weeks of utility and the thing is god knows will they even be released again next season we're still waiting on this season's napoli cards for example my koulibaly's 14 percent. yeah it's obscene which is amazing but like I wouldn't be sitting waiting on that, do you know? But for like the MLS, we know it's probably going to come in the next few weeks. We know they're going to make, um, saturates may be strong, but there's going to be a lot more on the market. We know what happened last year when the MLS came back. Um, It's one of those. I feel like those cards maybe are due to dip, but then you kind of need to get a bit mathematical about it. So there is the XP chart. I just Googled their um, so rare XP chart and it pops up whatever so you don't lose half your levels and half your like bonus xp your bonus you lose half your xp so let's say for example your card had like plus five percent and then it had the fatality so let's say it was a ten percent card right if you were to that's three thousand nine hundred xp to get to ten level ten which gives you that plus five if you lost half your xp you've got like one thousand nine hundred and fifty then you're still a level eight card. You're still a level seven card. So you go from level 10 to level seven. So you don't have plus five. You go plus three and a half. I know this is a lot of numbers to throw at people with their listening. It might be hard to follow. But the thing is, like, I think if you're if you're rocking, like, uh, if you can buy a limited card now and you think it's good value, okay, whatever, take, it's a different one and it's hard to predict what's going to happen when new cards are added to the market and the demand and whatever else. But, like, in terms of the actual XP, I would sometimes rather have the older card and be starting to earn XP on it. Take the half and you might go from like a 5% card to a three and a half, but you'll catch up. Do you know? You will yeah. catch up and you'll be on the way. The sorry, you'll be on your way to like 10% faster than everyone else as well. Like yeah. for the long term. Yeah. And if you're buying a card f for this season and next season, the sooner you buy it, the sooner you get it training you'll be behind for a, for a portion and then you'll be kind of even and then you'll be ahead and then you'll be slightly less ahead 
but in the long term if it's, if it's a card that you believe in for the next couple of years it's better to get it now and training it and using it than yeah. to kind of hold off and buy a new season one um because the the gains are a percent but over the course of the year you'll have you'll be you'll be better and worse and unless you want to kind of buy and sell cards based on xp but um i'd rather have like a card in my gallery for two years that i know the xp on it than kind of worrying about buying and selling mm. that's fair um it is an interesting one i think it depends on the type of card you're buying i think it depends on who you're buying i think it depends on the prices the leagues whatever else and again it's hard i mean there is a bit more of a schedule now but it's still a lot of unprecedented things you know like loads of people new people signing up they're dropping limited what's to say they don't announce something huge next week it's really hard to know what exactly is going to happen it's it's hard like it's not like this is I don't know. It's it's not like one of like so rare's been around and we have like years of data to work with and like examples of when this happens. It is very much a speculator's game and we could all be wrong. Um so I find it hard when people ask me. I'm kind of like, well, if it was me, I'd probably do this, but I'm probably wrong. Yeah. Go and talk to Professor Techers, he knows his shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um anyway, you went on a little so rare trip of your own. You went to a couple of games over in Belgium. Um yeah. tell us about it. So just before Christmas, um, I kind of wanted to go and see kind of a Sora game in real life. Um, obviously, I wasn't going to fly to Asia for the weekend. So um, I have a kind of small contingent of, of Belgian and, and Dutch uh, league players. And um, was looking at where it's easy to fly to. And Brussels is pretty easy to fly to from, uh, from Dublin. So um, went over with my dad for the weekend. He's a big football fan. Explain to him on the plane the reason why we were going to these specific games and kind of explain the concept of so rare to him. Um, <laughs> and we went to uh, uh, a Leuven versus Sarang um, in Leuven. That's a diehard game, that isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just east of Brussels, <laughs> and then Anderlecht and Kortrijk, um in Brussels. Um, yeah, flew over on the Friday, uh, came back on the Sunday, uh, watched two games, and. Drank Belgian beer and had some like Belgian food. Had some had some Belgian like like uh, chips and it's just a great football weekend and it's very affordable because of like Ryanair flights and the yeah, price yeah. tickets are fifteen quid and yeah it was a fantastic weekend and great to be able to watch someone in real life. Um, so it was, it was actually a shame because I had like Mercier Xavier Mercier is my captain. He's the he's the Leuven captain and kind of really creative player. I think he leads the league for most assists in Belgium this season. And uh, he was the only one who let me down. My uh, FC20 stack uh, defensively did well. And uh, Brian Linson scored. And then he kind of, he's that kind of player. He's kind of, he'll get you a 35 with 35 uh, possession lost, but like seven key passes. Or he'll yeah. get all, all one of those will be an assist and he'll get you a 85. And this season he's really struggled because he doesn't have a striker. And uh, sorry, Cabba, we watched him and the ball was flying into him <laughs> and it was just pinging off his head. He's got like 50p feet. Um, the only thing I'll say about him, unbelievable chest control. That's the only thing yeah. he's got going for him, that, that lad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. No, it's it's great. Like, And it is, it does hit differently when you're watching it live and you've got your players there, isn't it? It's Definitely. What I found hard was when I was in the last sort of trip I did, um, when we were in, was it Elche's ground? And we were playing against Barcelona. With no Wi-Fi or no no signal, 
so like I was literally mentally trying to tot up every time Araujo touched the ball. Every like key pass and yeah, okay. Oh, that's oh, that's a possession loss. Jeez, minus one for God's <laughs> sake. And then oh, I did this, he did that. And then you're like, that has to be. And then he gets the yellow card and you're snapping. Um, yeah. but you're like, well, maybe he won the tackle before that, and the, it was tough. But like it is, it is class watching games live. Um, I've got a real buzz for it. So um I've a couple sort of lined up that I'm looking forward to getting to, but um Oh yeah, I, t- I told people I'm going to Orlando. I'm going to Orlando um, to meet a bunch of so rare people in like a month. Um, but I've got some other kind of exciting news. I don't know, is it the time to tell? Is it the time to tell? Fuck it, it's the time to tell, Rob, is it? <laughs> yeah, you could, you could tease us at least. Well, like it's not. It's one of those things where everyone's like, oh yeah, that's probably it. But for me, it's very exciting. So basically, it's confirmed, but I mean, you know, you know with very important busy people, things can change overnight so god knows that's why i'm kind of like oh it's a month away like they even want to say it but basically gary v's coming on the podcast which is exciting nice um, yeah for all those boomers out there who probably found the podcast or found so rare through them i'm going over to new york third of may is the day we have in the calendar now maybe vcon gets in the way maybe something else gets in the way maybe he's on cnbc or something but as it stands if everything goes to plan I'll be over there in VaynerMedia interviewing him. So we'll go out in video, it'll go out in audio. Um, probably the biggest guest we've had in the podcast yet. And hopefully it sets the tone and we can we can land a few more big interests and people people want to hear from. He'll be um, the biggest guest and the smallest so rare player. The smallest so rare player, yeah. <laughs> but probably one of the bigger galleries. Yeah, for strangely, sure. Do you know? Um, yeah. Let me, Ask him for a load of his, uh, of, his, of his unique Felixes that he's got. He does. I'd say, like, you know what? I've, I've actually I've thought about what I'm going to say, and I think I'll ask him that. Let me see. Like, go on, like lad, give me your Felix. Do you know? I mean, loan me your Felix, lad. Yeah, I'm sure people would love that. Sticking a D two uh, in a a D two <laughs> under twenty three lineup. People would love me for that, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's that's where all their uh, all the all their hard earned <laughs> money's going. <laughs> So look, yeah, we look, we we'll, uh, that's very exciting. We're obviously buzzing for that. So look, hopefully it comes through. I hope everyone's excited. Um, and I'll ask near the time for some questions. Um, I have a few in my mind, but um, it'll be strange because it'll be doing an interview in person as well, not over this. I don't. I've never recorded a podcast live. Normally, I, I have my little cheat sheet. So all the shit that I need to talk re- about. You don't cheat sheet in real life. Ah, but it would look a little bit presentary, wouldn't it? Is it going to be on video, or can you just get away with having a little? No, it's video, like yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you're basically um, a host and a presenter now, so that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if anyone is in New York, though, um, by all means, shout out because I'll be in New York for a few days, and hope, we're hoping to do a bit of a so rare meetup. Um, I think there's talks of renting out like a wee hall, not a hall, but like a little room that's like. Do you know what I picture it as? I think I've seen a photo before. I'll know more in the coming weeks, but you know, like in so rare HQ, they have like the little mini five aside room thing. Oh yeah. I think it's probably like three or four times the size of that. It's essentially a mini, like a five-a-side pitch, but it doesn't look big. Um, and there's like a wee bit beside it and all where people can drink beer and eat pizza and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know which side I'll be on. I'll be <laughs> eating pizza and drinking beer, I think. I've seen a video of you doing the, uh, the keepy-uppies. Man, I'm, all I'm telling you is once I shift this COVID ACL weight, people won't know what's happened, you know? <laughs> Um, I mean, with the with the rise to fame I'm having, I'll probably be playing at one of these charity games soon. You know, yeah, you get a call Harry to, Styles uh, and the boys. Yeah, soccer aid or whatever it's called. <laughs> what do they call that? Yeah, anyway, aid, that, yeah. 
that you did like a, a funny point, right? So look, and it is a bit look, it's one of those things, right? This podcast isn't for like toxic shit. So I don't really want to get in the weeds, but at the same time, it's in terms of my content and people are following my content here. I put out memberships on YouTube. Now, honestly, like genuinely, honestly, what is your honest thought? Call me a dick if you think I'm a dick. I don't think you're a dick. Um, I think they're too expensive, especially at the lower end for what you get. Yeah. And I, a lot of it that I've seen on Twitter, kind of like, I kind of agree with parts of it. Mm. Um, and I understand why people probably don't want to do it, but like, I get what you get. I hundred percent what you get. What what you're trying to do. I think it's really good. Um, but like as you say, you're not like a super. You're not going to be giving out like tips. And I suppose mm. some of the videos that you've been putting out, kind of the early tip videos. Like if you got on that early, you could buy a player, and then when the video comes out, like that pro- that player is up uh, in price. Probably that's what happens. Um, but I think yeah, I think it's. It's, it's, it's great, but I do think slightly too expensive given the mm. fact that like you're not giving team news or like yeah. injury reviews and but it, it, you're, you're going for a different thing and I get that. Yeah. But I think a lot of people on Twitter, which is not exactly the, the, the best There's place. two funny things. I actually haven't seen anything. Have you not? Because the people who have an issue with it are people who I, I swear to God I haven't seen one thing other than constructive feedback from people who I respect. Like I think yeah. Cal sent something. A few other people have said things like, "Oh yeah, maybe we would expensive, whatever else." Um, I haven't seen anything toxic, other than like screenshots have been sent and stuff. And I'm kind of like, "Don't send me this shit." Do you know I don't need this. Yeah. But the reason is, is because it's from people who have not liked me for a long time. Yeah. For different reasons. And because of that, I can't help but feel a lot of the like toxicity that's come out of it is is purely down to biases or ill will against me in general. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter what I do actually. You know, there's always going to be an issue. Now, in terms of the pricing, it's one of those where I sat down right and like I've made no secret that I'm trying to push it to the next level. I want to be a full time content creator. That's the dream. Of course, yeah. it's the dream. Do I do well out of the affiliate stuff? Yeah, but is that is that enough for me to give up a living that I have, a steady career? So where I could pull that plug on me in a heartbeat. They could change their affiliate terms overnight. Yeah. They could change that overnight. Signups could dry up. The signups aren't coming in like they did last February. I'll tell you that much. Do you know? Well, and all and them expired. Yesterday. All them expired. Well, those 5,000, I think I got like 10 <laughs> of them. All those people signed up like... They've all expired. So what I'm getting yeah. at is like, okay, whatever people think with the other thing, I've made no secret. I've made no, I've never hid the fact that I make money there. For me, it's about making something more sustainable long-term for me. In terms of the prices, it's a hard one, right? In terms of the, like the five, I kind of came up with a common thing for like a fiver because it was like, well, that's just like buying someone a pint. Yeah. I lose 30% of YouTube straight away. I lose a further 40% of the tax man, maybe 30 of the yeah. remainder. So of the 60% of that fiver, which is three quid, I'm losing another almost half of that. If someone was to give a fiver, I'm probably coming out with like, what? Two quid? Yeah. When I look at it like that, okay, that one's, that that thing you're not actually offering anything. For the tier up, the Discord, I swear to God, even today I sat in the Discord for like half an hour in a voice chat just chatting to guys. That's not for everyone. 
I'll chat to anyone on podcasts. I'll chat to anyone when I go on a vlog and people show up. I'll show you a great time. I'll buy you a beer, no problem. I'll answer every single DM under the sun. I put out five videos a week on YouTube for free. I put out this hour and a half podcast every single week for free. I answered, I counted it. I answered something like 324 DMs last month. Wow. Like, and that's people. I went through, I counted yeah. it. That's how sad a bastard I am. Because I was wondering <laughs> how much time I actually put into this. And that's yeah. not a one and done. That's back and forth. There's a lot of work that goes in, right? And I want to make that sustainable because I want to keep doing that. When I looked at that, like, okay, whatever, the Discord, I was like, okay, I can make this Discord accessible to anyone. But then you get trolls who'll pay the two quid, they'll pay the fiver to come in and give you shit. And then it leads to moderation. I don't want yeah. that. I want people who want to be there to be there. And that is hard. And it's not accessible to everyone. But the other side of the coin is, I know a lot of people plan a budget. I don't expect you to be there. There's zero pressure. I'm not pulling any content. I'll still give you all my limited rewards. I'll still do all this shit. This is completely optional if you want it. And some people do. Now, where I know it gets saucy, this is me going off on a rant, right? Because I do appreciate it. And part of me really, I've taken the feedback on board. And you know what? When I think of it, okay, maybe I could have reduced a few of them and whatever else. YouTube have this really awkward thing where you have to pick your prices. You can't like customize them all. You have right. to pick pre-selected prices. And it's awkward shit where like 13 quid might have been too little for one, but 25 was too much. So I had to settle on 22. Do you know that type of thing? Yeah, it is awkward, but could it have been done cheaper? Yes. But then I was thinking like, okay, I do get messages. Like Again, I don't claim to be an expert. Maybe people mightn't like this and you mightn't pay for it. You don't have to. But I get messages all the time, genuinely all the time of people saying, John, I'd love to run through my gallery with you for an hour and see what you think. And I'm like, I'll answer a few DMs, but That's an hour of my work. time is money. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I have a busy life. I'm not trying to act like I'm more important than I am, but we all have lives. I'm trying yeah. to balance a family life with putting out five YouTube videos a week, a podcast, answering those DMs. Do you know, it's yeah. hard. So I'm like, if you want an hour of my time, you best believe you're going to pay for it. Yeah. So it's about having that offering where there's going to be a weekly stream. If you want to be there, you can be there. And I'm just going to stream to the members. And if they want to ask me any questions of the sun, I'm there. Do you know? Yeah. And then there's the like the like monthly Zoom calls where it's just like, yeah, we'll just have a beer for a couple of hours some evening. Some people want that. Some yeah. people don't. But you yeah. don't have to pay. And the yeah. last point, and then I'm done with my rant, is I everyone quotes the highest price, right? Everyone the quotes the highest price. That's the headline. No one looks at all the value elsewhere. People look at the highest price. The 45 quid tier, right? That is, as I said in the disclaimer or the, the explainer, it's everything from the tier below. The only thing is you're essentially paying 20 quid a month into the chance for me to pay all expenses paid trip to come on a vlog. And it's not even like, I'm not saying like, oh, everyone wants to come on a vlog. But again, I'm looking at the messages of people who've said to me, geez, I would love to go on a vlog. There's a lot of people who want that. And actually there's more unique members who've signed up to that today than there are common members for the Fiverr. And that says it all. And I, I've said this, and maybe I should have made it more clear in the video, particularly with that tier. I mean, I, I want that to be like non-profit. That isn't, I'm not planning on making money out of people. Like I don't want to do this like a draw thing where it's like, yeah. you know, like where I'll take it all and then I'll just pay like half of it out to, to fund the trip. I want this to be a case of if 400 people sign up, we're going to the fucking moon, baby, and we're staying in a five-star <laughs> hotel in the Bellagio because every penny's going back into that vlog um, and the person's experience because I want to deliver value. But like, 
look, I get it. There's crusaders out there. There's people who feel like they're the white knights of the community. No one's putting in the work like that. And like, I do feel like I offer value and it is completely optional, but it is hard because like, it is hard to take hate like that. You kind of have to learn. I have to get used to it because it it happens, but I've muted those people. But whenever your mates are like sending you screenshots and all, and you're like, fuck man, I don't need to see this shit. It just winds me up. Do you know? Yeah, no, like I agree with everything and coming from your side of it, like I 100% agree. Um, the only the, the the thing that annoyed me the most was the comment here. Because I yeah. was like, I don't know anyone who would sign up for that because it's very like, it's very Twitch streamy. Yeah. Like when you're a Twitch fair. streamer and there's someone, it's like, oh, like notice me. But like the comment section isn't like, there's not like 10,000 comments. It's not kind of, yeah like maybe in a year's time when you've got like half a million subs like <laughs> sure but like um yeah it like, is I, you know what yeah sorry i'll let you go I'm no sorry i was just gonna say like the limited tier it's probably a couple of quid more expensive than i would like be happy to pay but like a couple of quid whatever like some people are on yeah, maybe i could have made it like 9.99 not 12.99 yeah and i think if you could if, if if you came out with 9.99 people would be like oh it should be 7.99 because yeah, people yeah. will always do that but like and i think you kind of you need to push the fact that it's not like sora inside information you could maybe do your like your gallery review super t- uh, a super rare stuff that you were doing but like it's very much like a exclusive club for people who want to come and chat sora and yeah, it's that, like that's it like and if you don't have those people in your life which most of us probably don't have those in real life like mm. it's good to be able to come and kind of chat so rare, like a chat so rare with someone um i get, I get that but I, I get the like part of me is like it is one of those where it's like i'm a tool but i'm a relatable tool that people listen to every week and so I there are people the, who want to come on they feel like they can trust me that's so the best thing about on. your channel is the kind of self-awareness and relatability and like you laugh at yourself like we're having this chat now like if you were like super prideful and be like mm. um i don't want any criticism at all on this podcast but yeah like oh we're going to cut this whole segment i'd be like you're a bit of a, like a prima donna but like you're yeah, more than yeah. willing to kind of have the chat and like it's it's a very positive character trait i think well thanks man I needed that pick me up, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's um, the day you've had. Yeah, fucking hell. But look, we, we'll not dwell on it too long, but two two quick things. I think the thing with the common one is I just very much thought of it in terms of a price of a beer. And I mean, like the, whatever I think in Euros, I think, and you live in Ireland, you know what beers are like here. You go to Dublin for a pint. So like, I just kind of thought, yeah, it's a beer. People do this, like buy me a coffee thing all the time. I thought, okay, that's kind of what that is. Yeah. But I do understand that maybe, you know, that could have been two ninety nine, yeah. Because whenever you actually break it down, this isn't a Call of Duty stream or a Fortnite stream where people yeah. want their emojis. This is, if I look at the demographic, a bunch of 24 to 40 year old men who don't give a fuck about an emoji. It's That's a fun thing. I actually, but here's the thing. I went and paid to get them like, designed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're hilarious. They actually are very <laughs> they do funny. Look good on, on the video. <laughs> but but um, yeah, okay. The, the issue, the hard part again then with YouTube is that it's the most horrible in- interface where like once you've started a tier, you can't like change it. The price you have to delete the tier remove everyone oh, and then, then create a new one yeah. so it's a ball ache. so it's like once you go you're going like so it's like now i'm in the position where it's like look 
I feel like, oh yeah, and sorry, just to throw that out there, in terms of like overheads and shit like that, like I have a guy who I pay, you'll see the thumbnails, I'm not making them myself. Yeah. The marquee videos with the editing, I'm not editing them myself, I'm paying someone. Yeah. So like, that's another overhead. But um, what am I getting at here? What was I saying? The commentator. The Call of Duty to extremism. Yeah, it's like, it's a hard one because like, could it have been a bit cheaper? Yeah, maybe. But it's one of those where it's like, I don't know, maybe I mispriced it, but it's hard. So I think it's hard. Like, I can't go in and tinker it every time. This is one of those things that'll it'll probably have been blown over by the time this podcast goes out, to be quite frank. Yeah. Um, At least with anyone I give a fuck about. But the thing is that maybe in a month I'll have a look at it and see. But again, if I actually do look at every single tier and I look at what it would cost for me to do the things that are in them, yeah, it, that's the cost, baby. Do you know it's not yeah. for everyone. This, it, it, like, the giving away the limiteds in the community gallery and all the free videos that aren't changing or being pulled from the channel, all the podcasts, all the this is, all the replies, the DMs, all the tweets, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, I think this that's is the kind are. of. Exp- yeah, sorry, that's what people on Twitter missed, and I think they probably they, they probably did know it, but it's not as it's not as fun to like get angry about something. So oh no, jeez, they, but they were all like, <laughs> oh, he's making us pay forty five quid for a, a YouTube video now. It's like that's that's not quite it's it. It's gonna be the exact same <laughs> as it was yesterday, other than if you want more, you can pay for more. Yeah, but look, it is what it is. Haters gonna hate, baby. Um, yeah. So look. I don't know what to say on it. That that it is what it is. That's me addressing it. I'm very excited, and I've been actually like on a positive note, very happy with the the sort of a lot of the positive feedback. A lot of the people enjoying it. There's a few people in there already. I talked to a guy Oliver from Germany for 20 minutes today. It was nice. Had a chat with him, but his sort of sewer thing, whatever else. Met a few nice people. Bit of banter going on the Discord. There's only a few people there now, but hopefully it grows over time. Um, and I. I feel like I'm sounding like Gary V here. I want to give value. Do you know, I want it to be value. I don't want people leaving because they feel like, Jesus, this is a ripoff. I want people to be having fun, engaging, making friends. And maybe they make enough friends that they can all just leave together and make their own discord. I won't care. That's honestly fine. But we'll move on. We have lots of questions. We have about 20 minutes left. Um, lots of great questions. A lot of these from your, your, your friends. So for anyone listening, when we reference the loyals, there's a group of friends. Um, or maybe is it like a rule you don't speak about them? Because if there is, you uh, speak about it a lot. I think um, Ronald was on previously and got a bit of stick for not giving a shout out. So I was very co- uh, oh, okay. very um, cognizant of that. That's the one, yeah, cognizant of kind of a couple of references just to keep them happy. Yeah, that's fair. So they've been shouted out more than enough, but of course they will be in the comments, I'm sure. Um, so let's see, what was the most liked one? I think we already actually addressed it. Nick Taylor early. Um, hey, Robbo, again, of course, they're all in there. What's your favorite part of So Rare and why is it the loyals? Let's talk about that, though. Like, this sounds like I'm trying to sell my Discord. <laughs> What's the beauty of having a group of people here in the So Rare? Like, because, I mean, as you said, like we talked about it earlier, in real life, you know, this is probably like the second conversation you've had in real life with someone you were saying. Yep. It is nice having people that you can bounce ideas off, or if you're about to make a trade and pull the trigger, it's nice having people to to bounce that off. Yeah, no, like it's fantastic. Like on rewards day, even if you haven't won, like if you haven't won something, you're getting constant updates of oh, I'm sixth, and some guy's got Diego Costa, and if he gets a clean sheet, then I'll be down to to seventh. And when you do get a reward, you get to share it with people, and they'd like you get like a genuine, they're like genuinely happy for you to have won a reward mm. and. Yeah, if you have a trade, you have a second opinion on it. If 
um, like I like Hoodwink today. He sold his uh, Mateus Savio. He got him off me, the scumbag. I, yeah, <laughs> uh, Mateus <laughs> Savio super rare, and he was like, oh, "What do you think about this offer?" And everyone was like, "Yeah, looks good," or "No, doesn't." Like, I don't sell him. It's just get. It's just good to get a second opinion. Um, yeah, it's nice to have those people to like to chat with because I can't ask my girl, like my girlfriend, like like how much you think Mateus Savio is worth, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm thinking of, yeah, I know what you mean. It is, and I mean, aside from like, again, I'm kind of joking about the Discord thing. I really, that's not why this has been brought up. It is genuinely a conversation point. <laughs> I think like it is really important that people get immersed into the community for that in terms of Twitter and whatever else. Like, Twitter is kind of the hub um, in many respects. Maybe yeah. through Discords, it is a bit toxic on Sora's Discord, but like meet, meeting like minded people and having people that you can learn to trust. And I think that is, um, it's very important and it's great because I love seeing the community you guys have. And I've, I've been in a few other wee discords and groups and things and WhatsApp groups. And like, like it's like people talk to each other more than they probably talk to their like closest friends. Yeah. Um, because I find it with my like best friends in my life who are like my brothers, like I've known them for 20 years and I mean, I do and I'm for them, but I speak to people, I speak to Quinny more often probably, or like, yeah. you know, because like, unless you're you have a common hobby or you're both doing something similar regularly like what do you like i don't know maybe it's something we're all bad at maybe not everyone is but i'm really bad at like keeping in contact with like my closest people i, I think most lads are but as soon as you meet up it's like you're yeah it's like nothing happened yeah but um, um i have a conversation topic after well, i'll let you go but i have a good conversation topic yeah i was just gonna give a shout out um if anyone's looking to get into kind of jailing specifically uh matsuyama matsuyama on uh, Twitter, he posts a lot of um, lineup predictions and injury news, and he has his own Discord. Um, that there's a lot of kind of knowledgeable people, and it's a lot of newer people kind of asking about injury news. And you do get people asking the same thing about injury news about like mm. five or six times, but it's a very good place for and it's free, like free injury news and that sort of stuff. So cool. Yes, brilliant. Matsuyama, M A T S U Y A M A. Second yeah. time I've heard his name today, actually. Um, the the guy I was talking to in Discord, Oliver, I think he got a tip off him a while ago um, about something. He brought him up. No. So I've given him a follow. The conversation I was going to throw at you is loans. There was a bit of, not a bit of, uh, maybe it was literally one Twitter thread, but I ended up tagged into it somehow. Um, there was something about like loaning and the, whether or not it's good or bad or people should even do it. I think it was a bit of shit given. It might have been Vespasian or someone who I have a lot of time for um, saying like that it's completely wrong, essentially, for the platform. Um, what's your take on it? I have a take. I can give you mine if you want it first, but it's up to you. I've never loaned a card, and I've never had a card loaned to me. <clears throat> um, and I get it. It's probably not what Surrey want you doing because they obviously want you to buy a player for that game week rather than just loading one. Mm. But I think the fact that you can do it and kind of I get away with it if you think it's wrong, like uh, I got bigger fish to fry than if someone's getting a player into a threshold team for a week. It's I don't care. My take on it in a nutshell. So loaning on so rare. It is not on us to be the ethical or moral police. It is on us to play the game. And as it stands, it's not illegal. So can I loan cards on SoRare or loan them out? Absolutely. Do I do it regularly? No, probably once every couple of months. I can't actually remember the last time I did it. 
but the penalty is there and that is losing a lot of xp which these days is very very valuable and if i had not loaned out a card in the past maybe i would have got a card last week instead of missing it by 0.3 points so the penalty is there for people who loan cards and again is it good for so rare is it ethically correct if you have more friends or you're more engaged in the community and you have people to loan cards off that you trust is that an advantage over people who play the game on their own of course it is is it your problem i don't think it is i think it's so rare's problem I think it's a T's and C's problem. I think it's on us to play the game as game players and hate the don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> that was rounded up nicely, wasn't it? Yeah, no, and I agree. I have nothing against it at all. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I do get it. I understand why it might be hard for people who, you know, they're new, whatever else, and, like, they are probably a faceless account on Twitter. Why would you ever trust them? You know, yeah. but well, that's the thing for me. Like, I don't have any real in real life friends. If I if my best mate was on server, I'd probably be learning new cards to get started. I'm glad and you then... followed that up. I thought you just said like in real life, I don't have friends, and I, I don't like, have okay. any friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like if if and it's kind of the trust thing. And as much as I love the loyals, like I've never met any of them in, in real life. Um, and I'm sure if the uh, if if someone stole a card, if you send it back, then they get absolute abuse in the chat but like it's it's partly a trust thing as well like i don't want us to be sending cards to people that i've never met yeah and the thing for anyone listening who's like you know new you're not really established in the community whatever else do you know go involved get involved in twitter wherever else and maybe you'll make these connections but the thing is i'd always say if you're loaning and you're unsure you know do it in a trade where you're getting capital in return um it is a loan you can loan at the minute whether or not people like it whatever but can you like if you can if you're loaning a card let's say you're borrowing a card say you're sending someone a card that's worth 0.2 eth get 0.2 eth worth of players that are not playing that week or something in return they might try and tell you oh but i'll get xp hits for no reason and all that that's not your problem i think like if you're in any sort of doubt get the capital um and yeah i don't know maybe so rare i'll come out with something about this at some stage soon and maybe they could have i don't think it's one they're going to address in the in no. the in the very near future, it's not a big enough problem. I don't think. No, until I loan an Mbappe, then we've got a problem, <laughs> <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> um. So yeah, loaning. I just wanted to bring it up. There's loads to talk about this week. Oh my god, we're gonna get back to questions. How did we not talk about this? Game week two fifty eight. A lot of issues. Opta. Yeah. This happened a few weeks ago as well, and we talked about it, but it's happened again. There was the Kashiwa Raisol game um, where whatever happened in it, and they were going to apply the 2040 rule, and then they ended up miraculously pulling it out of a hat at the last minute, I think, is what happened. But, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let you do your, the intro. And I'll there, was, there was a couple of other things. I got more messages last weekend than any other weekend. There was a penalty save that didn't go in. Was it Cook or something? I don't know. I don't know. I completely forget. I'm probably butchering it. Kuke? I don't know. But there was a penalty save that wasn't registered. There was a goal somewhere that wasn't registered. There was shit everywhere that wasn't picked up on. People were having a hernia. Um, there was the Benteo Savio goal. That, that's probably the Kashiwa Raisol thing, that's isn't it? Raisol, yeah. So that, that's what happened there because it didn't come in and there were people sweating. I know like Hoodwink was yeah. obviously sweating. He won something this week, didn't he? Uh, yes, he he won. Um, do you win Champion America? think he won something fair play shout out yeah. here, nice win um but yeah give me your perspective you you had, you had some sort of skin in this game did you yeah so i after the after the weekend i was uh fourth in champion asia rare 
with um, about 370 points, which I thought was super low, but that's because all the, the Kawasaki stacks and the and the Marino stacks mm. weren't, uh, um, they all lost. Um, but yeah, the game, from what I understand, was scored in like Opta, like it was all the stats were there on surface score, which the last time it happened, the stats weren't there. Yeah. Um, so the Kushiwa race all um, issue was a so rare problem. Um, I don't know exactly what the problem was, and I think it would be nice to know what the problem was. Kind of like yeah, they were talking about kind of communication, and they did give us communication around like it's we're looking into it, it isn't fixed yet, and then all this sort of stuff. But I think what the actual problem was, and kind of how they're going to ensure it doesn't happen again, mm. um, I think would be nice to hear. And then the yeah, I think it was the Mechelen, the Mechelen uh, goalkeeper in uh, in Belgium. He saved a penalty. And then the rebound was scored or the rebound was put wide or something. And apparently it's like an opta issue where they have like with rebounded penalties. I don't for whatever reason it, wow, okay. it, it happens more often, I think that's right. Or maybe it's a Soria problem with rebounded penalties or something. But I, the Kashiro race all one was uh, fixed in the end. I don't know about the penalty. Um, but then in the end, I basically dropped from fourth to seventh. I'm still very happy with that. But like, yeah those extra places like i was more than happy for those people to get their scores because they should have got their scores rather mm. than me getting a, a, a top tier one rather than a middle tier one Cause, although it's better for me it just feels wrong like it's, it's a bit wrong yeah a bit yeah. dirty um so what they came out and they said dan updated us there was a few updates and whatever else um but the game week 258 update this happened yesterday at 1 23 p.m basically they did say the technical issue affecting the data feed provided by our external data provider has been fixed it does sound like they're trying to pass the buck a bit especially if it was going to sofa score or whatever but i mean what's not to say the way it sent to so rare was the issue and so rare didn't receive it i don't know i'm just saying like okay maybe yeah. we give them the benefit of the doubt i mean it all came good but it was a bit of a worry for people um there is something here i wanted to say though they're work they apologize again working to improve how they manage that now, this is something I like, this line. We have also heard your feedback, and we will create more suitable scoring rules for when issues like this arise. Because the 40 points to players who played 60 or more minutes and the 20 points to players who played fewer than 60 minutes, I think it's a bit of bollocks, really. Especially I think, when they're missing decisives. Yeah, I think like you have to include the decisives. I mean, they're there to be seen. We know them. Okay, you can count the decisives at least. Yeah. You know? The Maybe it's sheets. not accurate. Yeah, and I mean, they're guaranteed scores, the decisives. So it's like... Even just give them the minimum and assume yeah. the AA doesn't exist. Guarantee the decisive side and whatever. Throw in a few more stipulations for guys who maybe aren't decisive heavy. And you know, I, I don't know. Um, and I know it might be hard. Like, what if the game's coverage cuts out at sixty, whatever, at some stage, and the clean sheets there, and then the clean sheets lost. I know it can get messy, but bottom the bottom line is the current iteration isn't fit for purpose. Decisives need included in some way, shape, or form, in my opinion and probably some other sort of caveats to protect against certain things but yeah. I rob based on agree you agree good yeah so based on time we'll bang out one or two more questions a lot of them are loyal based which is good because it means there's not as many as yet actually think um and then let me see yeah so that we, we'll answer a few more questions we'll do the 137 game wrap up in about 10 minutes if that suits you rob yeah. um so now that legend cards have utility do you think it's possible that soon be retired players like any to messi ronaldo will be declared legends by so rare after their career so their current regular cards will have utility in the future it says r double o hmm 
What do you think? Uh, well, I think in future, <clears throat> retired players will have utility. They've talked about when they were doing that kind of open software game thing that they were looking mm. for. Talked about giving retired players utility. So I think they will. It, I don't think it's anything that's going to happen in the next year or so, but I think at some point there will be kind of some fully retired league where it's more like auto-generated scores or whatever like it ends up being. Um, or you can enter one retired player as whatever club they retired at is or the all that that card is of they're just used as a normal legend so like if you have i don't know some some under 23 goalkeeper from from utrecht you can enter into the under 23 legend special weekly where you fill with three legends and two normal players but mm -hmm. the legends aren't actual legends like maldini or whatever it's just like de kaiser mm. i think that's something that would happen eventually maybe there's a million ideas that could come. My take on the question at hand is that I don't think retired players will get legend utility. I think they might get other utility. I think where it gets messy is like, where it gets messy, excuse the pun, is that it would be hard and so would put themselves in a position where they're just going to insult people. Like, who is a legend? What constitutes a legend? Like, yeah. is like a, club legend be a legend versus an actual legend? Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. Like, so I think it'll be legend specific licensing, but I do think they will have utility. And again, it gets awkward because I mean, like, coaches could have utility in the future. There's company yeah. cards in the platform as a player, aren't there? Um, yeah, there's like a Trevor Brooking or something. Or, yeah, um, like, is, is there a. Is there a there's a Trevor Brooking, but I mean, I think is, he has a Dan coach card, is there? There are, yeah, there's a Zidane coach card. There's also a, you know who I've seen as a coach card? Oh, man. Your man, is it Nuri Sahin? What do you call your guy? Is that him, the Turkish guy? Did he used to play Nuri. for Dortmund or something? Yeah, like Turkish centre mid. Am I butchering that? Let me see, can I find him? Nuri Sahin, yeah, he has a, he has a, I think it's an error card. He has a coach card. Oh. Uh, but like one of them. I didn't even know that he was a coach. I thought he was Unless playing. it was like a, unless he was a coach for a game or something and I missed that. And that was like a nice thing for the club or whatever. But like, I think he has one card, 124 of a thousand. But um, yeah, on that question, I think it's it's an awkward one. I think legends will be legends. I think retired players will have their utility. Coaches will have utility. I think it, the muddy the water is about reclassing players and what constitutes a coach and what doesn't and stuff like an, or a legend. So I don't know. Um, so rare marker, I don't know if you have an opinion on this. Why is there such a large disparity between the American prize pool and other leagues and how can so rare rectify this? I've seen a few people talk about this this week. Have you followed it? Um, I don't play America, so I don't really pay attention to, to the prize pools. <laughs> I, assume, I, assume, I assume it's something to do with cards coming out and whatever. Like, yeah. The prize pools, there are people in the community that are all over it, so I'll leave it to them. But like, I just play the leagues that I play regardless of the prizes. Mm. So, like, to look at the rare divisions, for example, in we'll take out, we'll leave out the like all stars and under twenty threes. In Champion Europe, there's two hundred and sixty five rares. In Challenger Europe, there's three hundred and sixty five. In America, there's one hundred and fifty. Now, if you go to the pro divisions in Champion Pro, you're looking forty five. Challenger sixty one. America Pro twenty five. Asia's got even less. Yeah, I think like twenty in Asia usually. Yeah, the thing is, like. I actually don't know the answer. I'm not going to try and bluff this one. I, I don't play America. I'm going to start playing America now that my Brazilian cards are coming back in. So I'll maybe be focusing a bit more. In fact, I probably won't be playing America outside limited. But um, I assume it's down to like 
end of the seasons for some cards maybe haven't come out. Maybe a lot of guys aren't playing. I don't, there's probably a really easy answer to this. It's someone screaming yeah. at the podcast, and I'm sorry that I don't have it. I haven't followed that, but I did see a bit of bitching about it. So um, I don't know how they rectify it. Fix their reward system. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, one that people have been have been saying for ages, fix the rewards. It's not something I get super, I get super bothered about. Like They yeah. give out the, the rewards, and you decide to enter or not. And if you're unhappy with them, don't enter or move your cards around or, or sell your cards. Mm. I mean, it does kind of beg the question around, like if you look at Champion Europe at the minute, as it stands on a Wednesday evening, there's 1,400 entrants into Champion Europe, 1,800 into Challenger Europe and 1,400 into America and their rewards, you know, they just aren't there. So percentage wise, yeah. I mean, it, it is a harder, a harder gig. Like, so maybe more people would enter America as well. If the rewards were better, I'd say a lot of those American yeah. cards have been shifted to All-Star, which maybe makes it more competitive. So, I don't know. There's a lot to think about there. We'll maybe take one more question here, Rob, and then um, then we'll move. Is there anything you wanted to answer in particular? I have one here for you, but have a think, because if there's one you want to answer, we can get to it. But Vespasian asks, did your love for Asia, uh, Asian football proceed so rare? And during the Asian off-season, do you bother with Europe at all or just consolidate as gallery? Um, well, we know the answer in terms of Europe, but did your love for Asia proceed? Um, so yeah, like I always loved the jerseys, um, and that kind of got me into J League specifically. Um, and then again, I went on holiday to Japan and was like, "Well, oh, this is cool." And then found so rare, and like I knew the, a couple of the top teams, like because of the jerseys and stuff, but I didn't really follow the league. And then because of so rare, I got into it. Um, mm. Basically, that's the long and the short story but yeah in terms of europe um with the, the when i joined european cards were kind of on the decline so i thought it was a good time to kind of build a european team for next season in rare mm. um and i always like to play throughout the year so i have um a rare european team that i put into uh, all-star um occasionally challenger and then i have like a limited uh, a european team as well a lot of the same players in in rare and limited because it's easier to follow the transfer news and um, injury news. Cool. Is there any question you'd like to answer? The I'm going to shout out <laughs> to Modai of headquarters who says, where do I find these podcasts? I hope you find us. There's some, been some <laughs> lovely reviews recently. Um, I'll maybe shout you out next week. I haven't got them in front of me, but I did see them during the week. So thanks to everyone who left the review. Please do if you haven't. Um, Rob, is there a question there or are you happy? Uh, no, I mean, if there's anything there that's kind of different, um, that's, that's, there's not, one. that's not loyal related. There's one here. Basically, people are giving you a lot of shit about a player. Do you want to tell us about him? Who's sure, your most who... frustrating hold? I'll ask, I'll ask you it that way. That's um, really me. Most frustrating hold. Any of the Asian forwards this season. Mm. Um, injuries, rotation, COVID is, is going through... Um, Asia at the minute, so I'm kind of finding a, a a nailed Asia forward that's not kind of more than 0.25 or something is pretty tough. But mm. I think long term they'll pay off because they'll come in, they'll score a goal, and I'll flip them. But um, yeah, I don't have any long term. Oh, I do have one actually. Um, Teo Defoni, uh, he was the goalkeeper at the end of the season for Erpen in um, in Belgium. And going into the start of the new season, they got rid of their kind of their, their kind of first backup, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's definitely 
definitely nailed on for next season. Got it for point two, and then like three days later, he was moving to the second tier, and I was oh, like, oh, "That is so annoying." And then Pavel yeah. offered me not point not one, but they're in the relegation playoff now uh, against Sarang. <laughs> So fingers crossed, he gets promoted, and then I've got another <laughs> challenger keeper for next season. Fingers crossed, Jesus. <laughs> um, a good question here, actually, from Orange Fly. What about Asian football allows for defender AA scores to be so high? You said you think you have an answer. Oh yeah, yeah. So that, that's a, a great question. Um, interceptions. The Asian league is quite hectic. There's a lot of possession change. There's a couple of teams who dominate possession and then defenders don't score too highly, but there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of defensive actions mm. and there's a lot of room for interceptions. Interceptions are like three points or something on the matrix. Like one of my players got like nine interceptions last game week and had a pretty average game other than that. Um, mm. But it's just the number of turnovers that you get in kind of the offensive third, I think really helps. Yeah. That's a great answer. Uh, that's very interesting, actually. There's a there's a bit of shit seems to be coming in here about Gedson. Is that you or is that someone else related? Um, I don't hold uh, Gedson, but I uh, think no, you don't because of the under twenty threes. But yeah, but like some people think he's um, kind of the best midfielder on the platform <laughs> or overhyped, and some people have like a, he's got a bit of a cult following. I think. Yeah, I have a limited in him, but um, he hasn't done great recently. But he has a big AA in him whenever he, he plays well. Um, look, we'll wrap up with the one thirty-seven game. Um, everyone, if you if you're staying around, brilliant. If you're not, please do like and subscribe. Um, if you're on YouTube, and please do just leave us a review and subscribe if you're listening on podcast audio only form. Audio only, audio only form. Now, last week's one thirty-seven, Jay Fraz he picked Vanekin and Charles the Kettler, and he put up a whopping one sixty-five point two. Part of me does think this game might be more exciting if we aim for high scores, but we're not. We're aiming for 137 because this is brought to you by 137 p.m. So, Rob, give me two players for the upcoming game week 260 that you think could hit 137 points between them. So they have to be obviously Asian players. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a Sanfreshi Hiroshima defensive stack that I hold, uh, which is uh, Sho Sasaki. And I'm going over to your like gallery here just to yeah. like what was the team? Yeah, uh, San Fredri Hiroshima, two defenders. Okay, yeah. So uh, show Sasaki, is it? Yeah, and Hayato Araki. Show Sasaki and Hayato Araki. Yeah. They've got a nice fixture against uh Vispa this weekend at home, hoping for two clean sheets, few defensive actions, sixty five points each. Love it. Double well, let's hope. If you get 65 points each, you won't be far off. So good luck, Rob. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Would you like to be found anywhere or plug anything? On Twitter. Um, happy to answer any DMs. Um, maybe if he gets up to 300 DMs, uh, I might have to start a Patreon. But uh, <laughs> no, happy to answer any uh, any back. DMs, Asian, Asian football or anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, um, fair play. It's Rob Marshall. Um, Rob Marshall, it'll be in the title, underscore 19. Why 19? Were you 19 when you made Twitter? Probably not. Uh, no, it's um, the number that Messi wore at Barca before he was number 10. And Ooh. this was just like, he's a great player. 
that's a, a great number. And then, then he changed his jersey, but like, he just stuck. That's a great pub quiz question, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. what, Messi, what was Messi's number before he got number 10? Brilliant. Well, look, guys, thanks for listening. Rob, thanks for your time. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great to meet Rob. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please do leave that review before you go and click the subscribe button on your way out so you get next week's episode another great guest lined up.